this wonderful time of studying your word. We've come expecting, we've come hungry. And this is a time of impartation and teaching for special leaders. Leaders of today and leaders of tomorrow, teach us by your spirit. Give us grace to not fail you. Thank you for your love in Jesus' name. Amen. Today I want to talk to us uh, in this class on how to lead people, how to really lead people, how to really lead people. Now we're getting into the deeper parts of this class. Please, uh, we want to get into the deeper parts of the class and do something about it. And uh, God will give us grace and help us in Jesus' name. We've defined who a leader is, so let's revise. Who is a leader? A leader is someone in authority or in charge of something or someone or some people. A leader is somebody in charge. Let's just put it briefly like that. A leader is someone in charge. If you recall, you check your notes, you will remember that we had said more than that. But because of time, a leader is someone in charge. A leader is someone responsible for a group of people. So who is a church leader? A church leader is someone who is in charge of a particular area in the church or is in charge of a group of people. And there is a method to leading people. Many are born leaders. Many have leadership potentials. But many don't really know how to really lead. Leading meaning leading. Leading is one thing to talk. It's another to now do the job of really leading. And there is a skill and a method to that. Why and how do I know? Because there are successful leaders. How do you know a successful leader? A successful leader is someone who gets the people under his authority to do what he wants them to do with excellence. A successful leader is someone who gets the people under him to do what he wants them to do. Not just do it, but do it excellently. A, an unsuccessful leader is someone who is unable to get the people under him to see his vision and to achieve that vision. There's a lot of people who are leaders in church, but they are unsuccessful. And it's my passion and my prayer and my desire that after we are done in these classes, you will have boldness and courage and understand exactly what it requires to be a leader. When, a, when, the people, when a leader cannot get the people under him 
to do what he wants, he is failing as a leader. No matter how successful and how talented you are, if the people you're leading can't follow or don't follow well, it means you're not succeeding. So it's very important for us to understand that, that God is a God of order. Our God is a God of order. When there is disorder, it means that something is wrong with leadership. Very important. How do you then get people to catch your vision, to hear your heart, to see what you're seeing, and to follow you? It's very important, and we're going to answer that. But I want you to realize that Christian people are some of the most difficult people to lead. And I'll tell you why. Because the church, the church atmosphere, the church world is a world of volunteerism. It's a church of volunteerism. Everything we do in church, we do it based on volunteer basis. So everybody has equal rights. And somehow, many Christians have gotten it into their heads that when they want to serve God in church, they're doing God a favor or they're doing the pastor a favor. Are you, are you getting it? So a lot of people, because they're volunteering, their mentality is that they're doing God a favor or doing the pastor a favor or if they are under you in any department, that they're doing you a favor. So that's the wrong thinking. The second wrong thinking is, I can do it better than you. I know better than you. I can do better than you. So who are you to tell me what to do? Even some of this attitude is also reflected in the way we relate to the pastor himself. And you can see why the body of Christ is weak and confused. And in many areas and on many levels, we are not succeeding. We think we are. And even when we are succeeding, we've got to fight to sustain that success. In the corporate world, or if you are working in an environment where you're paid a salary, and you're not a volunteer, you won't behave like that. Because you're getting paid, and you have competition. And you know that if you mess up, you're going to lose your job and be removed. So it is something critical for us to realize that there is, therefore, a method in leading people. If you don't follow the method, many people have come to our church and they felt that they could do it better than the pastor. And I said, go ahead. 
after one shot, they come back and say, Pastor, they're not following, they're fighting, it's aggravating, I'm frustrated. Is this what you've been going through? Pastor, I am done. I say, you haven't even started. Some come, they say, oh, is it preacher? I can preach. Because the anointing makes it so easy on the pastor and is flowing like water out of his mouth until they put the mic in your hand. Then you start telling us stories of how you went to Jerusalem and Jericho and you came to Jordan and this and that. And I was listening to one of the men ministering the other day. I could see that he tried. But I asked myself this question. If I'm to ask this guy to run this church, can he sustain it? And that's the question. That is always what I want you to ask yourself. If I marry a pastor or I become a pastor or they ask me for some reason, please run today's service and there's an emergency or something, can you perform? If you have that in your mind, you will pay more attention to everything being done in church. They say that leaders are born. Others say that leaders are made. Others say that leaders are discovered. Others say that leaders are created. They are all correct. It's so easy to criticize from the sidelines. It's so easy to be led. It's so easy to have somebody responsible for you. You can talk all you want, criticize all you want, create hell under them. Until you're now put in charge of just four people in children's church. Or just uh, to print offering envelopes. Or just to sweep the church. And be responsible now for all the people who sweep the church. Ah. So Christian people are very difficult to lead. They're critical. They're critical. They're political. They're mischievous. They're critical. They're political. They're mischievous. And if you think that they're going to make it happen for you to succeed leading them, you're kidding. They will do everything to frustrate you in order to prove that you don't know what you're doing, that they know better than you. Everybody wants the glamour. People don't want to, to follow. They think that they got it. Until it's time. It's so easy to criticize. So, how do you lead people? Let's, let's get into that. 
Number one, you yourself must have a vision. The clearer the vision, the better. The clearer the vision, the better. The clearer the vision, the better. You must have a clear vision. For example, in this church, many of you hearing me are responsible for one thing or the other. But hardly have or has any of you come to get a review and a progress assessment. Pastor, how am I doing? Review again. What again is my job? In line of the vision. Am I off course? Am I getting it? Clear vision will help you. The clearer the vision, the better. Write the vision, Habakkuk says. Make it plain. So that whoever reads it will not walk, but will get such a clear picture that they will be fired up to run with it. If they read the vision and they're still crawling or walking, they didn't get it. They must run with it. Then you know they got it. So you need a vision revision. The clearer the vision, the better. That's how to lead. People follow somebody who knows where he's going. The benefit of having a clear vision is that you can then monitor, you can then insist, you can then say, uh-uh, that's not what the vision is. You see how I do it in the church? He wants to, I say, no, 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 no. But pastor, we, uh-uh. No, this is not my vision. This is not what God told me to do. It doesn't mean that what you're saying is wrong. But that's not what I'm called to do. Uh, but we just want to have a... Uh-uh. No, not here. Because it's easier for them to come in and mess it up and move on. And you are the one who will pay the price. Because God gave you the vision, not them. Did you get that? Mm-hmm. They put you in charge of a department. What is your job there? They're not going to come and give you apples and bananas and kiss you for being an enforcer of policy in your department. They'll give you hell. For so many reasons. You're the one who will insist. So how do you lead? You've got to have a clear vision. Number two, you've got to know the method to realizing this vision. How do I achieve my assignment. I've been asked to head up children's church. Okay. What is my vision? You've got the vision. How do I achieve the vision? Picnics, classes, children's week. Give them, at this point, we give them drinks. At this point, we do this. I also need people in my department. So now that's when you're talking of what you require, not just the method. The method is you. How do I achieve this vision? 
I want to go from point A to B. Do I go by air? Do I go by road? Do I go by boat? Do I go by motorbike? Do I go by bus? How do I get there? After that, then you begin to require, ask yourself, the next thing is, who do I need to get there? Who do I need? I need people. Okay. What type of people? I need people to do this and do that and do that. Okay, so now you need subordinates. You need people under your department. That's when the rubber meets the road now. Because now you're going to be dealing with human management. Managing people. Oh, I'm sick. Oh, I have a headache. Oh, I don't like the way they talk to me. Oh, my back is hurting. Oh, my husband traveled. Oh, I need to travel. Oh, I need money. Oh, uh, that is now when we find out if you're a leader. A leader is someone trained to cope with pressure. Pressure is what proves if you're a leader. Who do I need? You need people. What type of people? You need like-minded people. You need skilled people. You need talented people. You need people who are willing to work with you. They must three, three. Can two walk together except they be agreed? You need people to walk with you. People. The same people you need to work with you will also be the major factor in determining how far you go in that department. People will determine the level of your success and the level of your failure. Wrong people, wrong department. Right people, right department. So you require to know who you need and then you go into how to manage your resources, your major resources, money, and people. Church leadership is all about people. How do you manage them? For you to manage people, you've got to be a good manager of yourself first. You've got to be a good manager of yourself. If you can't lead yourself, how are you going to lead people? They're watching you. Come at seven, you come at eight. Fast for three days, and they see you blossoming and having rosy cheeks. Give a thousand, and they see you give a dollar. After a while, they'll just say, you know what? This, this, um, this, this guy is not serious. As a pastor, I know like that. He did building fund probably three times or four. Gather money, spend the whole thing. Gather money, spend the whole thing. Gather money. After a while, people said, this guy is serious, man. Have a nice day. Walked away. That's how his church died. 
And a church can die and still run for a number of years. The fridge, a refrigerator, the freezer can die and still cool things for three or four days. <laughs> a marriage can die and still run for another five years, but it's dead. Some can run for another 40 years, but it's dead. Dead. How do you manage them? So let's go deeper now. How do I manage people? Number one, identify their strengths and weaknesses. Identify their, their pluses and minuses. Identify their strengths and weaknesses. Nobody is perfect. Everybody has their strength and weakness. Believe me, I've seen it in our church. Some people function better on Friday evenings. It's the end of the working week. They're so glad the week is over. I can see somebody nodding and saying, yeah, yeah. Some people love Sunday mornings. That's their social time, their fashion time. They love it. All of Saturday, they're busy hooking it up for two hours of serious fashion show. They love it. And I love it too. Why not? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Identify their strengths and weaknesses. Some love Wednesdays. Wednesdays are a big day. They love the word. Some love Fridays. It's prayer. They love prayer. Some love Sunday. It's all nice and rosy and everything. Some don't like Sundays. They're coming from work. They're tired. They're cranky. But they have to go to church. So they come and they can't wait to go home and crash because they're going to work in the evening. Some would prefer Sunday evening service. They come from work in the morning. They rest up and have lunch and have a family outing in the evening. So you've got to understand people's strengths and weaknesses, how to manage people. Then you've got to understand their talents and giftings. They will tell you they can do everything just so they can do something. They mean well. Can you sing tenor? Yeah, you can sing soprano. Ah, soprano is my main thing. Tenor, oh yeah. Baritone, <laughs> let me hear they tell you. They come to the church. Pastor, God has sent me to this church. Children's church, not good. Youth church, not good. Adult church, not good. I will change everything. Just trust me. I've seen it. I've seen a woman come out tell me, Pastor, all the money you need will give you. But when you're laying hands and praying for people, I must be beside you also praying and ministering to them because I have a healing anointing. I say, it looks like you need healing to start with. He said, if you don't allow me, I'm moving and I'm taking my money. And we had just started. We needed the money. I kissed her. Get out now. Perhaps God was just testing me to see what I would do. 
So write it down. It's not everybody in church who should be in that church. There's junk members, mischief makers, spoilers. When I use that word, my wife says don't use it. There are useless Christians. Thank God she's not here today. She will hear it on tape, but I won't be there. If I'm there, I'll go under the bed so she won't. I'm just, just kidding. So you identify the serious ones, those who have giftings. Number three, you identify those who have commitment. If there's nothing else you get tonight, get this. Commitment is what makes a leader succeed. Committed people. Commitment. People who will be there. Day in, day out morning and night, they are there for you and with you, all the way. If you have 50% of that in a church, you are blessed beyond your wildest. When there is pressure, they will vanish. People who will say, I will, and they will. Reliability. It's easy to talk. I can do it. I know what to do. Okay, come and do it now. Hey, well, you know. Number four, you look for people who are teachable, not people who know it. Teachable people. Teachable people. Pastor, I know what you're saying. How do you know? You have not heard me. Well, I know. You don't know. Well, in my former church, see now. In any case, shut up, Pastor. I'm older than you. You should listen to me. I'm an elder. I was a double elder in my former church. Oh, yeah. Who are you, small boy? If you are young, they say you are too young. If you are older than them, they say either who are you, you are a small boy, or who are you, you are an old man. Ah. So those who have gray hair wish to be younger. Those who are younger wish to be older. If you are the same age, they say I don't blame you. It's because we are the same age. People older than me and younger than me respect me. That's why you're not listening. You think I'm your age mate. <laughs> Teachable people. People who will say, I know it, but let me hear how you want it done. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I know it, but how do you want this done? According to your vision. Where would you want me to stand on the platform? Where would you want me to sit? How do you want me to serve you? Same thing in our marriages, some of us. You just fix what you like. The man comes home, you fix it your way. Meanwhile, the guy is not what he's looking for. What do you want me to fix for you? Uh-huh. 
You don't fix dinner because you feel like. No, that's why there's trouble. You then, then you complain he doesn't eat at home. Okay, I'm preaching. Let's stay with that. Teachable. Be teachable. Pastor, what do you want me to do? So you now, when you're handling people under your department or in your, whatever you're going to be leading, this is the vision. Teachable. Number five, people who are correctable. This is where now you're ready to break up the church. Correctable people. Pastor, how was my performance last Sunday? How did I perform? What do you think? In what areas can I improve? Ah! How can I improve? Pastor, how can I do better? Go to your boss. Somebody got a raise when I shared it in our church. Go to your boss, sir. How can I please you better in this company? I want to be your most valuable staff. Sir, I know you're my supervisor, you're my manager. What have I been doing wrong that you don't like? How can I serve you better to make your job easier? Within three weeks, you will get a raise. Because they will tell you, oh, really? Wow. Well, nothing, you're fine. Because they're afraid of lawsuits. Say, no, no, talk to me. I'm a Christian. My pastor said I should ask you. Ah, what church do you go to? You now share Christ with them. They now open up. Well, I will need some help. An extra hour after close of work. I will need someone to come in before I get to the office and kind of clean up and make me look good. I'll do that. I'll take it up. I promise you for the next one month, you will get raises. You will get tired of getting raises. Ah. Now, let's go in another direction. How to lead difficult people. Stubborn people. Troubled people. Rebellious people. Stubborn. Confused. People who don't hear, who don't listen. How do you lead them? Pastor, they don't listen to me in my department. I'm tired. Many people want to quit every department they are in, in every church, because of one or two people who rub them on the wrong side or drive them crazy. So how do you sink? How do you swim? Without sinking. Have you ever seen a fish sink in, the, in, the, in water? There's a way to it. How did Jesus gather a bunch of people and lead them successfully? Whereby at the end of the day, they said, when they got to a certain city, they said, these ones have been with Jesus. They have been with Jesus. Why? There was something they saw. Peter with temper, talks anyhow. Judas, thief. Thomas argues. Go study disciples. Each one of them 
was seriously deformed in character, in personality, in temperament. John and James, son, two brothers, wild temper, known for thunderous temper, anger issues. You think Jesus picked saints? He picked useless people. How did he transform them? How did David change a bunch of people from criminals to becoming leaders? What did he do? We need to learn from that. Because you're being prepared. I pray that after this, you will really, I would love to see you take off and become a leader with a bite. You didn't say amen. amen. After this class, you're graduating and you're going to be put in charge of something. In Acts 6, they raised the powerful seven to get the job done. Jesus had these 12. The church in Jerusalem had the 12 deacons, the seven deacons. And Jesus, of course, went on to have 70 and then 500 disciples. Look at 1 Samuel 22. 1 Samuel 22. From verse 1, David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave, of, to the cave Adulam. And when his brethren and all his, brother, his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. Verse 2. And everyone that was in distress, and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him, and he became their captain, became captain over them, and there were with him about 400 men. Would you like to start a church with this type of people? They're in debt. Mortgage debt. Car debt. IRS debt. Some were owing their mother-in-law. They were distressed. Pressured. Fed up with the system, aggravated, irritated, abandoned their wives, walked away from their homes. Some were discontented. They lost trust in church, in government, in the system, in anybody. They didn't want to listen to anybody. But they said, there's one man we can go to. And they went to the cave, not the city. 400 men showed up and said, we want you to be our pastor. So how do you lead difficult people? Number one, this will help you tremendously. Stay, be and stay anointed. What drew them to David, the anointing. 
the anointing he received in 1 Samuel 16 drew them to him. People are drawn to anointed people. When you complain that they don't listen to your department, they don't behave, they're giving you hell, it's because you have no anointing. I remember a pastor said this and it stuck in my head. About 1993, he was talking to another pastor. I came, I went to visit a pastor and this pastor showed up and they were talking and he said this. He said, the day my wife slaps me or physically attacks me or refuses to obey me, or listen to me, or challenges my authority. I heard this pastor. He said, that day I will resign from being a pastor. It means I've lost the anointing and the glory. Wow! I said, this thing they call glory and anointing, I must have it too. To protect me from being slapped. Huh? He said, the day my wife begins to assault me and insult me, I may as well resign from being a pastor. And I've lost it. I am not qualified to be a pastor. Hey, what? I was just, I have not forgotten that statement. Why are they not listening to you? You got no anointing. When Moses came down from the mountain, his face was shining. Nobody told anybody to prostrate. You don't need to say it twice. When you mean business with your children, they know that mommy's voice has changed. This is not threats. They line up quickly. Children are very intelligent. They know when you're kidding. They know that this is your first warning. It's just... He ain't going to do nothing. This is second warning, okay. And then they listen to you like, what on earth are you worrying me about? Third warning. They know that you make noise and no action follows. You never raise a child by making a threat you don't carry through. I will slap you, I will slap you, David. I will slap you, mom. I heard it a thousand times. Go and sit down. You don't say it. I will, my mother says, I'll slap you. Before slap, I will. That's the spelling of slap. It's a big hand on your face. And it will stagger you. You see stars. You say, now, I will slap you. You say, no, that's enough. I'll hurt. The day your wife starts putting her hand, finger in your face and telling you a useless man, what can you do? Go on a 40-day fast, no food, no water. Not to talk of, kill me today, I will kill you today. <laughs> what can you do? <laughs> and it's happening daily. That's why there's weakness in the church. You don't lead without anointing. They will insult you. Make a mess of that department and move to another department, move to another church. Are you getting anything? 
Number two, be submitted to your leader. Love, harvest. If you're not submitted, they will not submit to you. If you want people to follow you, be a good follower, a great follower. Show me those people in this church who are faithful, serious people. Go and look at their marriages. They don't struggle. Look at those who are effective in the different departments in this church. There's no, they make it sweatless. Let me give you an example. The lady who heads up the ushers department. She just had a baby. Have you ever seen her fighting with members in the ushers? No. You don't even know who is the head. Huh? Uh-huh. Have you ever seen her? Uh, Today it's me and you. Why Never. Huh? Why? She's effective. She will write you emails. She will text you. She will call you. She will warn you. She will give feedback. This person is giving me trouble. Pastor, what do you want me to do? Sit them down. Ground them. She's an enforcer. You can't. If you don't sing tomorrow, you won't sing next week. I say, hey, I won't sing for the next three days. Let me see what you will do. Uh, well, okay, well, okay, if you don't sing, yeah, well, no. Enforcement. The pastor, but if I do it, nobody will sing. Then you sing. When the church comes and nobody is singing, everybody will sing. When they ask why, you say, there is a bunch of people disturbing us. They're not letting me do my job. Then the church will do what churches do. Bring them out and cast stones at them. But the reason why many of us cannot lead effectively is that we are are compromised. We are not submitted. They say come at two, you come at eight. They say come at eight, you come at four. So the people you are leading are there before you get there. So how do you want to discipline them? Number three, be disciplined. Mm-hmm. Be disciplined. When people see discipline, they love, people love organization. People love somebody who's done his homework. We're talking about being an effective leader, not just a leader, effective. What makes a knife a knife? It's a piece of steel that has a sharp edge. What makes a knife a knife? A piece of metal that has a sharp edge. That's what makes it. The sharper the edge, the better a knife it is. If not, it will be like any other scrap of metal on the road. And children will kick it around. Do you get that picture? Discipline. You must have two budgets. Your financial budget and your time budget. I have my time budget. When you say you're coming at 8, you're not there, you're wasting my time. I have a plan for every day. I just don't wake up and float around. No, I have a plan for every day. You must have a plan, a budget. 
So when it's time to study, it's not time for phone calls. If you are, don't have a time for budget, you'll be floating around. Once they see that you're a floater, a floater will be always insulted. Number four, be prayed of, prayerful. Prayerful. Be prayerful, be prayerful. You prayed up. Certain things that happen in your department happen because you're not praying. You use prayer to kill rebellion and foolishness. You use prayer as a man to kill foolishness in your marriage and rebellion. That's why when men don't pray, marriages die. You use prayer to marry. Prayer is the secret to successful marriage. You see a foolishness in your wife, you use prayer to kill it. You see a foolishness in your husband, prayer to kill it. You don't talk. Talking is cheap. You turn to a nag. Before you know it, you look like a waggy rag for nothing. Powerful people don't make a lot of noise. Not to talk of a woman using an empty pot or using a soup spoon, long spoon, and chasing her husband down the road. Tommy, don't listen to me. Today I will teach you a lesson. You don't listen to me. And children are all laughing in the street. <laughs> oh, she carries an empty pot. Today, go back to that woman. I said, go back to that woman. Go back. Is that how to deal with it? That's not how it's done. I say, hey, woman, lie down now. Lie down in our bedroom. I say, lie down. I'm your husband. Lie down. Huh? I have a headache. I have a little waist ache. I have an eye ache. I have a be- Pastor, she doesn't give me the thing. And she's your wife. Why? I don't know. Tell her to give me the things. Because he's sick. Meanwhile, the person on the other side says, Pastor, tell my wife it's too much. Please tell her to slow down. She's too good. It's too can't. The other person says, Pastor, nothing. Tell her to give me. It's my own. Please beg her before I die. Yet I give No prayer, no power. Number five, be motivated. Be pretty motivated. Most successful leaders are outgoing people, vivacious people. Vivacious people, pretty outgoing. Well, I'm the shy type. Well, I can't talk. Uh, I don't like leading people because they're going to be talking about me. You're all right. You broke, they talk. You rich, they talk. You buy a car, they talk. You trek to church, they talk. You dress good, they talk. You don't dress good, they talk. You may as well succeed and do well and let them have something good to talk about. Somebody say amen. Amen. Be pretty fired up yourself. 
pretty, when you're pretty fired up, you are so confident in yourself that people will get mad at your confidence. Who does she think she is? You're fired up. If you don't want to sing, I will sing. You don't want to teach, I'll teach. You're fired up. Energy is transferable. You're a leader. Uh, we don't know what pastor wants us to do today. You know that man. You know he's a funny prophet. Well, let nobody sweep the church until he comes. Then he will tell us what side of the church to sweep. You know it's his church, you know. You know pastors can be funny. If you do it, he may find fault and say, no, you should have swept the lobby, not the entrance. How many of you have seen people do that? Well, let's just wait till the man of God comes so that he will tell us what God is saying. Haven't you heard that before? Huh? Huh? Well, we don't, you know this. <laughs> Look, it's not your church. Oh. It's not your church. Be careful. We've been here before you. Now you're trying to be too zealous and carry it on your head. Take it easy. We've been here before you came. Relax, so. Oh. It's not like that. And you, you agree. And they cage you and contain you. Instead of saying, uh-uh, if you're waiting, I'm going to be sweeping outside. All those leaves outside. Let me do something until pastor comes. If he doesn't like it, that's okay. I will learn from it, but I must be doing something. If people catch this spirit, there'll be less friction and fighting in the church. There'll be a spirit of competition, righteous, holy competition. Ah, oh, I should sit and you're sweeping and I will sit so that when pastor comes, you will meet too. Okay, you're sweeping, the, I'm going to the restroom. I'm going to, that is what God is looking for. Brotherly competition. You're pretty, what makes you think that this church is your church? Take it easy, we've been here. I heard some people telling people, College Park, Williams Road. Pastor's house before he came to America. You're a fool. God is not a God of yesterday only, He's a dynamic God. If He's to rest on yesterday, then we don't need to do anything today. He said, Behold, I do a new thing. I hear it. In College Park, this is how we do things. Why don't you say in Baptist Church? Or Centurion Church, last century? You are a fool. How do we do it now? Those say in College Park and Williams Road, they are trying to cover up their shame. They don't know what to do today. They are trying to stop you from... Doing a new thing and making them look bad. Can you imagine now if I come to church and say, um, as a pastor of Glory House, the way we used to do things in College Park is um, uh, use one restroom and uh, add one piano and one mic and... Um, 
the mixer was on the platform. And um, children's church and youth church and adult church was in one room. And uh, we used plastic chairs. We must keep it that way. Because that's how we started. And that's how we do things. Pastor, why don't we buy nice chairs and, you know, these are the kind of... Oh, no, 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 no. The way we did it in College Park is the way it must be done. Forever and ever. Amen. Can you get... Are you get... Huh? Meanwhile, I'm looking for... God is a people who are groundbreakers. Often make enemies. Huh? Go and watch all the people who have brought serious change in this church. They came like any other person. The people who brought her told her, we are leaving you. Follow us. You say, uh-uh. The person who brought you, somebody brought her to a prayer meeting. Left. She's still here. And on and on and on. The person who brought you, you are, if she enters tomorrow, you'll be teaching her now. Isn't that something? Hmm? Hmm? Can you imagine now if I now tell them, well, yeah. Everybody go to College Park and learn how we do things in College Park before you come here. You're pretty fired up. Number six, we close at number seven. You're pretty connected with your with pastor. Things are changing all the time. I'm sure you've seen it in our church. We're changing as God is growing us. Change this. Change that. Don't do liberty night at nine. Do it at seven. Don't do this. Mix it with communion. Take this. Take. Why is a dynamic church? God traveled with them for 40 years through the wilderness. Free shoe, free food, free water. Can you imagine? I was listening the other day and I discovered that they had enough water to drink for 40 years in a dry place. But I never thought about how they had enough water to bathe. The Bible says the rock was Jesus. Pumping up water. Three million people. Three million men, plus wives and children. Huh? The one that is so freaky in a positive way is that the rock was following them. They travel for a mile. They go to bed. They wake up. They see this huge rock has come closer to their camp. They stay there, it stays. They move 10 miles. They turn around. They see the rock has moved 10 miles. They never lack for water once. Shower in that desert heat and dust. Can you imagine how many gallons of water 6 million people had to use per day for 40 years? No tap. No irrigation, no sewage from a piece of stone that was following them. Said their shoes on their legs 
they wore the same shoes for 40 years. And their shoes grew as they grew. Their clothes never wore out. As they grew, their clothes grew. Can you imagine Nathan now? This clothes he's wearing now at 40. Many are not connected. What made me grow, and let me say this, what helped me was constant review with my pastor. Pastor, how was my Sunday school teaching today? When can I see you? I need to see you and sit down. How am I doing? Don't pamper me. Don't tell me nice things. Tell, don't tell me what I'm doing right. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. Ah! He smiled. He said, see me next Sunday. I got there, he said. When you teach Sunday school, do like this. Say like this. When you get to this place, slow down. When you get to this place, move. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I'm very grateful. It's a privilege. How do I look? Say, if I were you, I will dress like this, dress like this, so that they can see the glory. They see the man of God inside the clothes and not the clothes. Oh, so people look, yes, sir. People look at how you can, oh, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I come back again, sir. How can I improve on my prayer life? Oh. I want to pray like you, sir. He laughed. He said, you want to pray like me? He said, <laughs> I said, how did you learn to pray like this? You really want to know? Say yes. Okay. Come Tuesday, Bible study. I will share the testimony there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I will bring you a notebook where I used to go to my pastor. So I had this dream and this dream. What does it mean? Do you know that some of our members, are leaders, I'm talking to them, they are not taking notes. On the phone or in my office. So. No, I had. Uh-huh. So, Pastor Chuzi, huh? Really? Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah, me too, man. Then they. Ha, you the man. They are not well. So you pray for them to get well. They are sick. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Uh, Pastor Jesus, uh, so how are you today? <laughs> they were not brought up well. They came from the village. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You recognize the anointing on the man. Not the man. Not to talk of, you see some of these people are older than him. Who is he? You will suffer longer. Those who look down on me, they are keys to elevation. I have swallowed it. I won't say it. They are not positioned. 
After all, he's a small boy. As if Revelation is a... I see some of them struggling. When they come for counsel, I say, God, I don't know what God is saying. Go and ask him. Oh, yes. Because they won't listen. They don't care about you. Somebody came the other day, Pastor, I want to do this, I want to do this. What do you want me to do, sir? As I was talking, the man was talking. His wife gave him a big elbow. Behave yourself. We came here to hear from God. You think he's chatting, he's talking, he's flowing. This is counsel. Are you, what's wrong with you? Grab a piece of Kleenex and start to write. Ah, then God said, now speak. The man started again. But what I feel, the wife said, shut up. Why? She has value for the prophet. Number seven, review and discipline. If you don't review and discipline, you'll be a toothless bulldog. You can only bark, can bite. Review and punish. Pastor, but recommend for punish. I have not gotten one report, one email, one email from any head of department in this church. Now, Pastor, I'm sick and tired of this person. I recommend that they be punished, not one. So when you cover up their mess, then they drag you into the mess. Well, I pastor, I don't want to do it so that they will not think I'm a bad person. They already think you're a fool. That's why they're not listening to you. Their assessment of you is low. That's why they don't care about what you say. So how low can you get? If they loved you and thought highly of you, they would listen to you. Uh I pray that God has spoken to us today in Jesus' mighty name. It was pretty strong, but we need it. Don't we need it? Give the Lord praise. Father, thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's take questions.